If you're watching online, again, big welcome. In fact, congregation, can we just give a big shout out? Welcome to all those joining us online this morning. We love having you connect with us. You're about to head now to a special online message. God bless you and pray you'll be so encouraged and strengthened this morning. You should do that. God bless. Hey, good morning. It's so good to be able to uh, spend time with you as part of our online church and be able to share just a bit of God's uh, word with you this morning. We just want to say as a church, uh, you are much loved as part of our, our church community. And I never want you to feel that uh, you, just because you're watching from a screen that you're not connected to us. You are. We have our church actually prays a lot uh, for you as our online community. And so um, it's just a special time. We get to come together this morning and we get to just gather around God's Word. I'm, I'm sitting here actually on one of the verandas uh, on our church premises, which is our sole cafe and op shop. And uh, I, I love coming up this place. It's one of my favorite places to come up to throughout the week, uh, not because of the caffeine and the food that most people know that I love very much, but it is the stories and the people that I get to meet up here. And this isn't a promotion for it at all. I can promise you that. Uh, but I was just reminded uh, that God does amazing things in people's lives. And the amount of stories that I've been a part of while being up here, I love meeting people from all different nationalities. And I love coming up here and meeting people from different age brackets and from different walks of life. And, um, and it just shows that God is a God that moves across all people and all generations. Uh, I love the fact that when I'm up here, we get to actually do life with people. Some people I've met with have been on mountaintop experiences, and then there's been others that have been in the, the deepest valleys of life. And, um, and I, in this very spot, I, I've laughed with people and I've mourned with people here as well. I, I love hearing some of the stories that have come out of uh, this place as well, which is stories of, of clothing being sent to people in this community that have next to nothing. Uh, financial support going out to people, food going out to people as well. Uh, thinking about even financial support that have gone out abroad, uh, outside of Australia, to some of mission groups that are working with people in need in some of the toughest situations. Uh, but I was, I was reminded of one particular story that, uh, that I had, which was I, I remember walking in one day and seeing a, a lady, I would think she'd be in her 70s, and she just caught my eye as I walked in to once again get my caffeine hit. And um, we just started chatting and we, we ended up sitting down and talking. And, and her story uh, was that the reason she was there is she was waiting to pick up her son's ashes from the crematorium, which is just next door to this op shop. And uh, I remember just thinking about that even as I was preparing this message. And it reminded me of uh, Matthew 5, chapter 14 to 16. And I want to I wanna share that with you. And this is how it goes. It says this. It says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others 
that they may see your good deeds. And listen to this part, it says, and glorify your Father in heaven. It just made me realize that God has an incredible call on our lives. I think of that part where it says, you are the light of the world. And one of the series that we've just come out of, which is the In In the Beginning series, where we looked at Genesis chapter 1, 2 and 3, the first week it actually asked that question is, what do you think is the purpose of life? And uh, it's a pretty big question. But I think this Matthew 5, 14 to 16, actually highlights that pretty well in what it is. That we've actually got a call in our life as followers of Jesus. Listen to the message version of, chap- of Matthew chapter 5, 14 to 16. It says this. Here's another way to put it. You are here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going to go public with this, as a public, as a city on a hill. If, you make, if I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? But I'm going to put you on a light stand. And now that you're on a, a hilltop or on a light stand, shine, keep open house, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God. This generous Father in heaven. Maybe someone even needs to hear that. We have a generous Father in heaven. The, the purpose of this message this morning that God has laid in my heart is a simple one. And it's this, that you are God's light in the world. And this, I, I pray, fills you with encouragement this morning. It, it fills you with hope. May it fill you with purpose. Because... I, To me, this is the most amazing call we can have on our lives. I think about the financial security that we chase. Maybe lifestyle. Maybe it's careers. Maybe it's status. Maybe it's that house. Maybe it's that postcode that you've been longing to live in. But nothing to me comes close to knowing the call and purpose that God has on our life. And this is a call to be a light in the world. And this call has the power to change the whole direction of our lives. It it changes the whole way that we do life and the way we interact with people that are around us. My, My son, Sonny, just had his birthday yesterday and he just turned one. And as part of that, we do the typical uh, birthday tradition. We, we get a cake. And in this case, we put one lonely candle on this cake. And what do we do? We, we turn off all the lights and we lit this one candle and you bring it out and you put it in front of them. But what I noticed, and I don't know if you've ever stopped to take notice of this, it amazed me how one single candle, this small flickering light, had the ability to illuminate this large room you know what I mean like you take it in and you place it in front of that person whose birthday it is and it, you can see them and you can see the others in the room and, and you actually see what's taking place in the room 
And see, this is what Matthew is saying. He's saying that you are the light of the world. And he's not talking about a physical light, but he is talking about a spiritual light, a spiritual light that has the power to overcome spiritual darkness in this dark world. And it doesn't take us long to realize there is a lot of darkness in this world. You listen to what Ephesians 6 12 says and this is in the the niv version it says this for our struggle is not against flesh and blood it's not against humanity but it's actually against the rulers against the authorities against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms See, this spiritual battle rages for your life and for the life of humanity and Satan hates the fact that you, God wants you to be connected to him, your creator, God. Satan hates the fact that humanity can be connected to God. Satan hates the fact that he wants to give you life and life to the full. Satan hates the fact that you can understand that you have a calling and a purpose on your life that can change people's lives for eternity. Listen to John 10.10. 10. It says this. This is, talks about Satan. It says, The thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says that I have come that they may have life and life to the full. And this is why Matthew's saying, You are the light of the world. See, the first time I read this, you are the light of the world. I was thinking that... This didn't, this didn't sound right. Is there an error in this? How can this be such a calling on my life? But in order for us to understand this, when the Bible says that you are the light of the world, we need to understand who is the true light. Who is the true source of life? Come with me to John 1, and this is where we get clarity on this. John 1 in the NIV version says this. See, in the beginning was the Word. It's just the Word, it means Jesus. It says, in the beginning was Jesus. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That is significant. Some people will try to tell you that the Word was a God. But the Bible tells us that the word Jesus was God. Verse 2 says, He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him, in Jesus, is life. And that life was the, listen to it, the light of all mankind. Verse 5 says, The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. Is that not an incredible passage of Scripture? John 8.12 says it this way. It says, Jesus spoke to the people one more time and he said this. It says, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads you to life. See, if you want to know the true source of life, it is Jesus. Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the source. Jesus is the truth. John 14, 6 says, 
Jesus says that I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. I love what Matthew 28, 18 says. It actually says, Jesus came to them and said that in me, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. I think this is an amazing truth. If we're wanting to begin to understand what Matthew 5, 14 to 16 is saying, is saying when it says, you are the light of the world. It's understanding that Jesus is the light of the world. And then in and through him is where life and humanity is changed. But I don't know if you picked up at the end of Romans 8.12. It's because you have the light that leads to life. You have the light that leads to life through Jesus. Why do we have this? Is because Jesus has given it to us. I don't know if you remember in, in our series in the beginning. We actually hear about how Adam and Eve was in relationship with God. But remember, Adam and Eve chose to actually walk from God, walk away from him. Actually to pursue life on their own. Another way saying, God, you are the creator, but we feel like we know what's best. And in that moment of them trying to navigate life, them saying that, hey, God, we know what's best in our life. The Bible tells us there was separation from God. But the, the thing is, Isaiah actually says in Isaiah 53, 6, it says that we are just the same. Just as Adam and Eve separated themselves from God by turning away from God, we are just as guilty as that. It says this, all of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. That's why Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glorious standards of God. This is big for us. Romans 6 tells us that for the wages of sin is death, meaning that we, because we walked away from God, we are spiritually dead, completely separated from God. But I want us to take hope. I want us to take hope as we look at this reason of us being the light of the world and how that it takes place is this. I love that Romans 6.23, the author didn't just stop there, but he says, for the wages of sin is death, but he says, but the gift of God is what? Eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It is a gift. It's like Jesus said, or God said, look, you have separated yourselves from us, but I love you so much that I long for you to be back in right relationship with me. Romans 5.8 says this, but God demonstrated his own love for us in this way, that while we we're still sinners, Christ died for us. That is a powerful passage. That helps us to understand that it is a gift from God and it can't come for us because Jesus, or God sent Jesus to die on a cross for us, not when we had our lives together. They said, while you and I were in the very act of turning our backs on God, yet Jesus chose to die on a cross. See, it was through Jesus that God made a way for us to be reconnected to Him. See, we can't earn it. We don't have the ability in our lives 
to take ourselves from being spiritually dead and become spiritually alive. But Jesus does. Ephesians 2.8 actually says that it, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not yourselves. It is a gift from God. These are powerful things for us to hold on to when we are looking at us being the light of the world. See, the Bible tells us that if we humbly come to God, admit that we have turned from God and accept His forgiveness, the Bible tells us we are forgiven and we are reconnected to God. And this is what John 1.12 says, For all who have received Him, those who have believed in Him, He has given us the right to be children of God. Is that not the most incredible hope? Some verses or some paraphrases say that you have been given the right to be sons and daughters of the Creator God. I think this is powerful. And the truth in this hope keeps getting better because it doesn't just stop there. Jesus didn't just die on a cross and stay there in his tomb, but actually the Bible tells us that three days later, he rose again from the grave. And this is significant. Why? Because it tells us that Jesus is who he said he was. That he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. It shows that death could not hold Jesus down. That death couldn't hold him down. That everything has to find its authority under the name of Jesus. But listen to this power as children of God that we have through Jesus. Romans 8.11 says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. See, the story of hope in Jesus gets greater. It gets more exciting. Did you hear that? The power, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus from the dead, He will give you life in your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living in you. I want us to understand the significance of this. God did not just reconcile us back to Him, but He comes and the Bible says He dwells in His people. What an amazing picture of intimacy that God wants to have with His children. See, it's not a picture that God just sent His Son to die on the cross and then rose again victorious, but He says, now I want to dwell in you. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives within me, lives within you if we have come to put Jesus as our Savior. This is why it is so significant when it says you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world because Christ lives in you. If Jesus had never risen from the dead, if God had never sent his, his Spirit to dwell within us, well, then we would have no power. But the power of Jesus through the Holy Spirit lives within you. This is why I want you to be encouraged this morning. I want you to be filled with hope and I want you to feel full of purpose. Because Jesus, who said He is the way, the truth, and the life, 
has come to dwell in us and wants to be the light in and through us. Galatians 2.20 says, It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Do you realize that afresh this morning that you are a carrier of the Holy Spirit? The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives within you. And this is what it means. It means this, that everywhere you go, every person you talk to, every person you rub shoulders with, the power of the Holy Spirit is there because the Spirit is dwelling in you. Even if you are homebound this morning, every prayer that you pray has power in the spiritual realm. Every song of worship that you sing in the name of Jesus has significance in the spiritual realm. Because remember, Jesus says all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to him. And if we are in this spiritual battle that Jesus has overcome, and Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, lives within you, and that the same power that raised Christ from the dead now lives within you, well, that means everything that is exercised in the name of Jesus has eternal and spiritual significance. See, in reflection of my own life, so often I've, I've held myself back from my own failures or not thinking I'm worthy enough or I've got what it takes to do things that God has called me to do. Sometimes it can be, uh, I'm too young, or maybe it's, uh, I'm too old. What significance can I have for the kingdom of God? Maybe it's, uh, I'm not skilled enough. Maybe it's, uh, I am not educated enough. In God's kingdom, in the kingdom of God, that is not the truth. The power isn't you, the power is Jesus in you. The light of the world in you. See, these stories that I have from the, the op shop, and there's many, many of them. The stories that we share within our church over the last 30 years. The stories that are shared in and through believers across the world. Is that because of us? No, it is because of the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. And God longs to use you and I to bring out the God colors in this world. See, I love the fact that the Holy Spirit dwells within us. Because when God says you are the light of the world, He means that you go out into the world and you are carriers of the Holy Spirit. And people see that you are different. I'm not talking about people seeing you are acting as if you're perfect. That's not the case. But we're carriers of hope. We're carriers of truth. We're carriers of telling people that you can have a relationship with God, not based on how good you are, but based on how great our God is. The grace and mercy that is a gift to each one of us. And the power of having the Holy Spirit within us. And the beautiful thing about that is God, through His Holy Spirit dwelling within us, wants to change us every day. Have you ever noticed it says in Christ or in the Holy Spirit, you, dwell, you produce fruits of the Spirit. 
It's not fruit of your own skill sets or you're trying harder. It's nothing to do with that, but it's actually fruit of the Holy Spirit. That's the love, joy, peace, patience. That The list goes on. And that is only empowered in our lives through the power of the Holy Spirit, through God's saving work. See, every time these gifts are exercised in and through your life, you know what I mean? It may not be in a church setting. God calls us right around the world, into our workplaces, into our sporting arenas, into our universities, into our families, into the lives of those we're caring for. And he says, go and exercise these gifts because through doing that, you are bringing light into the world. Are you being filled with hope this morning? If you are sitting there in your life and, and you're thinking, what have I got to offer? I want to tell you, if Jesus is your Savior, if the Holy Spirit dwells within you, you are the light of the world because Jesus, who is the light, lives within you. It is Him through you. I love what it says in Matthew 5, 14. Uh, sorry, Matthew 5, 13. It's just one verse before that Matthew 5, 14 to 15, 16, sorry, that we just read. And it's this. It says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt, if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be salty again? It's an amazing passage. It's, if you know anything about salt, salt preserves Salt cleanses. Salt has the ability to bring out flavors we never knew existed. And see, being a carrier of God's light means that around us, we are pointing people to Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. God's calling us to go into all those different areas where you are planted. You may think the place that you are in is not of significance. It is. And Jesus says, you are the light of the world. And I want you to go in there with strength and courage. The Bible says, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. A passage that I love says, not by might, not by power, but by my what? My spirit, says the Lord. I want you to know that you have authority in Jesus this morning. I want you to, to, to know confidence in Him. We, we may not see the, the spiritual change. We not, may not see the victories in the spiritual battle, but the Word of God tells us that these take place in the name of Jesus. What does the Bible say? The name, in the name of Jesus, every knee in heaven and on earth and under the earth will bow before him. I want to pray. But I don't know if it's what your area is that God's called you into. I, I don't know where your heart's sitting at the moment. Maybe you've never come into relationship with Jesus. You've never experienced a life-changing uh, life of Jesus in your life. That you can come to your creator God just as you are this morning. And that he wants to forgive you and set you free and then put his spirit in you. Well, you can do that even right now. You can ask Jesus to do that. It's not about the prayer. It's about what's taking place in the heart. 
just even now, just to ask him, say, Jesus, forgive me for going my own way. Trying to find wisdom and hope and truth in my own strength. But now I ask for your forgiveness. I ask that you'll come into my life. That you will set me free. And the power of the Holy Spirit then comes and dwells within you and begins to do a fresh work. Maybe for you this morning, God's placed you in areas and you've been doubting whether you have anything of significance to offer. Well, I want you to know that is a lie from Satan. God has called you into your areas, even maybe areas that you're not enjoying, but you're waiting on God to open up fresh doors. Well, I want you to know that God has you strategically where he has you because he has called you to be the light of the world, the salt. And for you to have a fresh confidence that the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus, who is the way, the truth and the life, lives within you. And everywhere that you go, it's His Spirit being exercised. And we are called to be conduits for Him. Let me pray. Jesus, I want to thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. Thank you for this amazing call that's on our lives, Lord. Whether it's somewhere where we walk into a place like this, an op shop, Lord, or whether it's we walk into our school area or our workplace, Maybe it's even from home. We, we know that fresh calling of, of prayer and the power and the significance that has in the spiritual realm. Well, Lord, we pray you'll fill us afresh. Take the eyes off us and place them back on you. May we know the hope we have as sons and daughters of the Most High God. Forgive us, Lord, when we begin to step aside, when we shrink back and think we don't have it. Because, Lord God, it's in our weakness that you are made sore, we are made strong through you. And so, Lord God, I pray that this morning your spirit will begin to fan into flames the giftings, the callings, the passions afresh in our lives to go into all the world and to tell people about the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. May we be faith-filled in our prayers, in our interactions, knowing that chains of oppression can be broken in the name of Jesus. Relationships can be healed and restored. Marriages renewed, Lord God. And so, Father, we can only do this through the power of the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless.
So, Lord, we come before you now. We ask, Lord, would you come, empower us by your Holy Spirit, Lord. Make us alert, I pray. Show us, Lord, show us whether you one would want to come and bring, pull down, destroy, Lord. May we stand alert on guard. Help us, Lord, to live holy lives seeking after you. And so, Lord, Come, do your work among us, we pray. You've heard our prayers this morning, Lord. You've been so near to us, in fact, today, so near by Holy Spirit. We say thank you, Lord. Continue to pour out your blessing. We pray this in your name. Amen.